We're delighted today to have Brother and Sister Hobson with us. We've known them since before Anthony was born. And uh, it was a long time ago, so probably 99, 2000. And I uh, met them, I think, first at a youth camp in Wisconsin. Hobson. We were there just promoting the college where the Hobson was there doing Midnight Madness. And uh, if you get time afterwards, you can ask him about Midnight Madness. Uh, it's a different day now. So eating blended up goldfish and other things at midnight with the young people may not really go over so well today. But back then, it was, it was quite the thing. But I've uh, been good friends, co-workers at our world evangelism center now world headquarters for the united pentecostal church and uh in some ways he is now my boss uh he is the general secretary for north american missions and uh, he is over the finances and uh, oversees all of the disbursement of funds and the income of funds for north american missions and as most of you would know we came here as metro missionaries so we have partners all around country, uh, and some in Canada, who give every month, the money goes to our world headquarters, and then North American Missions distributes money to uh, our church to help facilitate what we do, and of course pay uh, our salary, and I've mentioned to you before, none of your tithes and offerings go to us, all of that is done by outside partners who have made this possible, and I know our crowd's a little down today, but when we look around at what God has done, some 142 people that are on a regular rotation here at Cross Church, all of that's possible because of North American missions and what people around the country and around the world, how they feel about missions, willing to partner in prayer, willing to partner in finances. And so we're, so we're, we're delighted to be here, but it's only because of God's call and their giving that we're able to be here today. And because of that, you're able to be here today. Brother Hobson's been with us. He's preached a couple of times. He was in service with us a couple of times before that. He was at our launch service, he and his wife. And uh, so they're no stranger to Cross Church. Many of you may not have been here then as we've had significant increase and growth. But he's going to come and preach the word of the Lord today. Why don't you welcome him as he comes to preach the word of the Lord to us today. It is great to be with old friends. And uh, not only do I have old friends, I have friends that are old. And uh, so that's that's a good thing. Anyway, uh, good to be with the Blackburns. We appreciate so much their ministry and all the things that God is doing here. And we do rejoice with you as the growth of God has given and, and the excitement of what the Lord has been doing in hearts and lives because really growth is about simply watching people's lives changed and, and and that's fun isn't it yeah how many is glad god can change your life amen I, i'm thankful for amen i'm thankful for what the lord can do in each and every one of us if you have your bibles of course we do give honor to the blackburns and appreciate their passion and burden to be here and uh, of course uh, anna man i'm just so proud of her what an incredible incredible young lady she is and and just so talented and amen appreciate her and her ministry as well 
Psalms chapter 139. It's good to have my wife here. She's not normally, well, the last few years hasn't been able to travel a whole lot as we raise kids, and but now all the kids are gone in college and various places, and so uh, she's able to travel with me a little more. Uh, Psalms chapter 139, verse 1. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. In other words, it's pretty clear God knows everything about us. Verse 13 says, For thou hast possessed my reins. In other words, you've directed me. Thou hast covered me in my mother's wombs, and I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect. In other words, you saw me the lowest parts of my life, even imperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuous were fashioned, when as yet there were none of them. How precious are thy thoughts unto me. God thinks about you. Look at somebody and say, God thinks about you. How, oh great, how, oh God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. I want to speak to you for just a little while on simply the power of the bloodline. The power of the bloodline. You may be seated here this morning. The truth is, in our world today, there are many who are depressed, who deal with this low self-esteem, if you will. They're down, they're unsure, really unsure about their position, their place in life, who they are, why am I here, all of these questions many times people have. In fact, as we look into the Bible, we find that there were two distinct groups in the Bible. There were one group called the Jews. The Jews were essentially the benefactor of all the blessings promised to Abraham and the covenant given to his his offspring. And yet then there was the Gentile, the one outside of the lineage, the, the one that was really on the outside looking in. And even Jesus talked to his disciples at one point. He said, at that point, don't go to the Gentiles. I want you to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, I want you to go to the offspring of, of Abraham. And yet there, there was a clear distinctive between Jews and Gentiles. In fact, the pure bloodstock of Abraham was really the criteria of, of being Jewish. And uh, Jesus uh, even spoke at one point, and it was an amazing thing, when he looked at a, a woman who was not a Jew and said, you know, should I, I give the, the children's bread to dogs? And of course, it was a distinguishing element of, of the class system, and Jesus was certainly not trying to put her down. And yet, I'm so thankful that we in the Bible, the Bible tells us, and in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul kind of opens it up, because if it's just for Jews, we're in trouble. 
But he said, I want you to know that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, Paul speaks to the Ephesian church and he said this, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant. In other words, you weren't in the body. You were not a part of this. Having no hope without God in the world. You see, if you were out of the bloodline, you were without hope. And yet, this powerful bloodline, it's an amazing thing if you think about just by who you were born to, the benefactor of all the blessings passed down just because of who you were born to. Ephesians 1, the Bible said, According He had chosen Him in before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before Him in love. When I begin to think about that, when I recognize even David said this, he said, when I begin to ponder all of this, when I begin to think about the magnificence of it all, he said, it's really too wonderful for me to understand. Can I tell somebody here today, you may have walked in this building feeling like you were inferior. You may have walked in this building feeling like you are of no substance or nothing is good in your life, but I want to tell you, before you were born, God knew exactly who you were. He knows everything about your life today David said when I begin to think about it it's it's really too wonderful the very fact that it really wasn't something I chose it was something God allowed in my life you know there there is something to this thing called a bloodline in fact uh, not very far from here a place called Lexington Kentucky is known as thoroughbred raising country in fact I've been there I've had the opportunity and they say there's something in the soil that's why that uh, many uh, there's there's countless uh, uh, particular uh, thoroughbred raisers there and and it's in fact uh, it, it's thoroughbred raising country and these breeders they raise stallions and really a thoroughbred is known really as a blood horse. In fact, for 300 years, they developed the bloodline of a thoroughbred. They, they, they did a lot of study and research. And if, if you and I today were to say, you know what, I want to invest in a thoroughbred. You know, because that's what racehorses are. They're thoroughbreds. And, and you wouldn't go to eBay to buy one of those. You, you wouldn't go... Uh, to Facebook marketplace and say, I want a, I want a, a, a full-blooded thoroughbred that, that has a real good lineage. No, no, you would not do that. You see, the truth is, these horses can cost millions of dollars and they're just a colt. And, but the way you would purchase it, now, I, you know, my bank account, unfortunately has several zeros too short to be able to buy one of those thoroughbreds. And perhaps yours does too. But, but if we were going to buy one of those thoroughbreds, the way we would do so is we would hire what's called a blood stock agent. A bloodstock agent is there and they simply do not deal with horses, they deal with the blood of the horse. In other words, they study the horse's bloodline. 
They, they need to understand, in fact, when a bloodstock agent's looking for a horse uh, for you to purchase, uh, he doesn't really care about what color it is. Uh, he doesn't really care, care whether it looks ugly or pretty. No, no. Uh, what he is studying is this. Uh, he's studying the bloodline of the horse. Uh, he's looking at not what that horse has accomplished, uh, not what that horse can do. He is concerned only with what the bloodline of the horse is. Uh, he's not looking at whether or not it's this or that you see the victory that will that horse will accomplish has nothing to do with its own situation it is everything to do with what is behind it for you see you're not looking at the present state of the horse what you're looking is if the blood is right it will be a champion if the, the right bloodline is there who was his grandparents who was his great grandparents what did they accomplish for you see they only care about not based on its own achievements uh, or its own victory. Uh, you see the truth, the mare, the st- there's a, 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 a stallion at lug at lug or leg action and foot strike and acceleration, lung and heart size, thousands of hours of research. Finding out what are the descendants of that horse. For you see, when David said this, you researched me. You knew everything about me. Can I tell you, when God's Spirit comes inside of you, when God's power is in demonstration to you, whenever you're buried in the name of Jesus Christ, when you repent of your sins, when you repent, the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your life. When you are baptized in His name, the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your life. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your life. What happens? It is the power of a blood transfusion taking place. It is not about what you are. It is not about what you were. It is not about your what you were and your lineage of your own bloodline. It is about a brand new bloodline. For you see, David said, you research me you knew everything about me you see the truth is when they purchase these colts that what they are and what they will become is already decided I'm not talking about predestination no but what I am saying is this there is a victory in the blood it is passed down through the blood for you see the the psalmist said this you researched me you knew everything about me you knew my strengths you knew my weaknesses Can I tell somebody, you are not just who you are. You are a child of God. You are a blood-bought child of the King. God put His blood in you to transform you and change you. It's no accident of what you will become and what you will do. It's the power of the blood inside of you. For you see, what that cult will be has already been determined. He'll get on the racetrack. It'll be a, you know, a little colt and he may have never even seen a racetrack, but there's something that happens when he gets on that track. For some reason, he just knows which way to go. And for some reason, he just a familiar smell. And as he begins to race on that racetrack, all of a sudden, the feeling of, I've been here before. What is it? It's a familiarity of the generations that have gone before him. His grandma may have ran and won this race and that race. His grandfather, his mother may have done the same. Can I 
I tell somebody uh, when you get born again of God's presence and God's spirit uh, there's a familiarity uh, there's something that gets familiar uh, there is a power that is inside of you the psalmist said you researched me you knew everything about me uh, some of you came here to this place today you don't like yourself very much You're thinking, you know, it's just me. I don't have this or that or the other. But can I tell you, God chose you. God knew everything about you. He sees you before you were born. God knew everything about you. As Jeremiah looked, he said, I'm just a child. But oh, God spoke to him and said, I am not, say not, I am a child. Because before you were born, I ordained thee to be a prophet to the nation. What was he saying? He was saying there's something in your blood uh, that's changed Uh, there's something in your blood uh, that is precious Uh, David said when I begin to ponder this it's too great for me to even understand you see your value tonight today is not in your present state some of you are saying well you don't know where I'm at or what I am doing no no your value is not your present state I remember years ago as I was a youth pastor in, in uh, Columbia, Mississippi, and it was a great church there, and, and uh, we, we had a tremendous youth group, and, and in fact, it was a, a, a pretty uh, affluent church, if you will, at least in their finances, and, and, and so uh, we had a big uh, 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 Prevo, they call it bus. It was a, a, a really nice custom bus that the, we got to take youth trips on, and and we had this beautiful gym, and and man, that it was just it was just a really nice situation for the kids. And in fact, I even had a bigger office then than I do now. It's kind of humorous, and I was just a youth pastor, and, and, and but I remember uh, I left there because I was in my junior and senior year of college and felt like I needed to go finish college, and they asked me to stay, and I said I just need to go finish what I started and by the time I got out of college they'd already filled the position and so I I evangelized a few years and then ended up youth pastoring uh, in a smaller situation and we had we had this huge youth group in fact the whole youth group the whole youth team all the luggage we all fit in a minivan and so it wasn't a huge situation I remember pulling up Next to this, uh, at a youth congress, and we pulled up, and about the time the van, the big bus pulled up, the Columbia youth group, and they start piling out, and they, some of them saw me, hey, Brother Bill, how you doing? And of course, they come running over, and I, hey, how you doing? They said, you here with your youth group? I said, yeah. And they said, where? I said, right here. I kid you not, he looked at me, looked past me, he goes, where? This is it. And it wasn't fat very long. He just kind of looked at me and said, well, it's good to see you. And kind of, he made his way somewhere else. And I remember thinking, I'm the same guy. I didn't change. Come on, the truth of the matter is we spend way too much time worrying about our present state and what we think we are and what we think we're not. And yet God says what you don't understand is this. They're the same. There's something inside of you. I put something very special inside of you. I put something very special from the very beginning. I know who you are. I know some of you are saying, wait a minute. We're not Jews. Well, we are not Jews if we're not of Abraham's seed. But yet, here's the Bible says this. In Galatians 3.29, he said, If you be in Christ, 
then guess what? Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if God gets inside of me, I get adopted into this thing. A few weeks ago, I was in New York City, and there was a major parade. It was a, a, a Jewish parade, in fact, and uh, they were giving out menorahs. And uh, I, I didn't quite hear exactly what he said, but they were, they, they, there was a big, huge parade, and I'm standing there, and one guy goes, you Jewish? And I, I didn't really hear what he says, but he's giving something free away, so I, yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah, here, I'll take it. And I took it, and as I'm taking it, he goes, are you Jewish? Well, at that moment, I've already said yes. But then I thought, and I almost said, oh, no, no, I'm not. And then I thought, wait a minute, I am Jewish. The Bible tells me I am. Yeah, yes, I am. He goes, oh, okay, good, light it. The menorah. Well, I'm not going to light the menorah, but nevertheless, I got me a free menorah. But what's even, and you're like, well, I can't believe you took it. Well, the Bible tells me I am Jewish. Come on now. It means I am a part of a bloodline. What, what are you saying? Are you saying, well, no, you see, the truth of the matter is we live so far beneath the privileges of what God has given you. When God fills you with his spirit, he changes your life. You know, I, I remember uh, years ago when we pastored in Orlando and uh, we, we were able to, and a beautiful city and place, but uh, we, we had a young man that came to our church for some time and, and, and I was able to kind of hang out with him and uh, we'd go to his house and, and, and he was just a young 14-year-old boy when I met him and, and uh, uh, his parents were worth... Um, I mean, it was in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And, and his parents actually uh, bought a multi-million dollar house for this 14-year-old to live in by himself with the lady who was taking care of him. And it was on this beautiful, one of these private clubs in Orlando golf courses and where a lot of the PGA players live. And, and, and so we would go over to the house and my kids would play hide-and-go-seek at times with, with him in the house. It's a pretty big house when you're playing hide-and-go-seek in it. And But I remember there were times that this young man, he, his parents didn't live in the U.S. because of tax reasons and so forth. And so he was just going to a, a very expensive private school there in Orlando. And, and but, but so, so we connected with him. And, and so he, he invited us over. And one day he's like, well, hey, he called me priester. It was, he didn't know anything about pastor. He didn't really, but he knew a little bit about priest. But he knew that I, I was not a priest. And so... He kind of mixed it together and he called me priester. In fact, he still calls me priester. He, he texts me some time ago. He goes, hey, priester, we haven't talked in a while. And, but, but uh, you know, and I don't even know where a country he lives in now. But, but, but it was such an interesting thing because he said, hey, you want to go golfing at my house? And I'm like, sure. I mean, the, the, the club behind his house, I mean, to just, it was private, you know, and just to be a member was like fifty to a hundred thousand dollars, just initiation, and then who knows how much it was a month. Well, that's that's a little bit out of my league. That's a whole lot out of my league. But I remember going with him, and we were, and I got up there, and, and I'm thinking, man, if I have to pay for this, it's going to take me a while to pay for this. But he invited me to go, so I'm going to go. And we get there, and 
And, and I'm like, hey, hey, you want me to pay for this? He goes, oh, no, no, you, you can't pay. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. And he goes, here, I'll, I'll just sign my name. And so he signed his name, and they gave us a golf cart and even gave us some golf balls. And, and, and we got on this beautiful course, and it was amazing. And I kept waiting for somebody to come run me off of it. You know, and, 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 you know, just a beautiful place. And so we're playing golf, and, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm relieved that I didn't have to pay for the golf course, okay? Because, I mean, I was not sure how I was going to do that, you know, and even though I did bring my credit card along just in case, you know. And so then, then the, the person that came through to, to bring snacks, they said, you want some snacks? And I thought, well, now here's something I can pay for. How much can snacks be? And so I said, hey, here, let me pay for this. And he, he said, no, priester, you can't. He, I said, yes, I can. He goes, no, you can't. I'm arguing with a 14-year-old kid. He goes, no, you can't. I said, why can't I? He said, because you have to sign the ticket. They're not going to take your money. I said, well, I can sign the ticket. And he looks at me and he, he smiles and he goes, but you don't have my last name. I'm like, well, that's a good point. And it, then it dawned on me. Here is a young 14-year-old kid that has never done a business deal in his life. He wasn't really working. I don't even know that he'd ever really worked at all. But all he is doing is signing his name to pay something. The truth is, it's not about his bank account. It's about his daddy's bank account. As I began to think about that, I realized the truth of the matter is what we are is not relegated to what we feel like we can accomplish on our own. It's not our own abilities. It's not who we think we are. No, no. It's about whose you are. And if you're a child of the King, then there's something special about you. There's something glorious. Oh, I'm telling somebody in the house, you may have come felt like you're insignificant and nothing and nobody and no and not capable. And God wants to say, wait a minute. You must understand there is a power in the blood. There's something inside of you. When I filled you with my presence, I changed everything about you. You see, even Nicodemus, you were a Jew. See, the truth is, you were a Jew, Nicodemus. But God said, wait a minute. That's not enough in this equation. You gotta be born again of water and of spirit. Oh, can I tell somebody? He has already conquered the grave. He's conquered hell, disease, sickness. Can you tell? I'm telling somebody, you need to celebrate the fact that there is victories being passed down in the blood. It's passed through. Oh, it changes everything. I begin to realize it brings new revelation to the scripture that says, in him we live. In Him we move. In Him we have our being. All of a sudden now I recognize there is a power of the bloodline. When I am in Christ, I am a new creature. Old things passed away. All things become new in me. Oh, I know you say, I don't have faith. Well, it's not really about your faith. It's about the lineage of faith that's inside of you. Oh, guess what? When you get into Christ's lineage, 
When you get into the bloodline, all of a sudden now you got a guy by the name of Abraham. We're talking about the faith chapter. Hebrews 11, the hall of heroes in the faith. Abraham, you got the faith of Abraham back in the lineage. You say, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of strength. Well, there's a guy by the name of Samson back there. He had a lot of strength. You say, I, I, I don't know if I've got much vision. Well, Ezekiel's back there. You say, I don't know if I've got much heart. Well, you got David back there. I don't know if I've got much victory. Well, Shamgar's back there. I'm not sure if I've got much wisdom. Well, Isaiah's back there. I'm not saying that you by some some secret way somehow bring all the power that they have. No, but what I am saying is this. That when you're a part of the lineage of Christ, the bloodline, it's what is inside of you. It is passed down. It's just like that little old colt getting on the racetrack for the very first time. There's been some history there. There's some things you don't understand. Oh, can I tell somebody? It's the power of the blood and it flows through you. It's crazy if you watch some of these. It's just crazy to think. I mean, do you really think Michael Jordan's son can't play basketball? I don't want to play him. Do you really think LeBron's kid can't play basketball? It's funny to me. Tiger Woods' son is now hitting the golf ball as far as his dad does. That's because his dad's got old and hurt and he's young and he's just going to hit the ball. You say, man, some guys have all the luck. Well, it's because there's something inside. There's the natural giftedness of this bloodline. Can I tell somebody? You're wondering how in the world can I be? How in the world? But can I tell somebody in the house? When God fills you with His Spirit, there is a bloodline that is associated with Him that comes inside of you. It's a transition. It's a transformation of you. But I know sometimes we look at it we say, well, you know... Is it really capable? Well, the Bible says in Christ, His, his bloodline is passed down. So, so, so now I recognize the word that says, when, when the apostle said, I can do all, what? Just a few things. Well, maybe one or two things. Through Christ, which strengtheneth me. It changes everything. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I've been adopted into this thing. You know, I know some people say, well, you know, the Bible tells us that we are, it's a spirit of adoption whereby, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So I said, well, you know, we're not really. We were adopted into this thing. Well, can, can I tell you, I, I researched a little bit, and in, in, in most states, this is accurate. That, do you know that? I mean, we're living in a weird, wild world, aren't we? Crazy world. But do you know, and, and, and you know, you got kids in some places divorcing their parents. It's just weird stuff. But, but here, here's what's so amazing. Is that, do you know that in most states, if you adopt somebody, that is an irrevocable document. Now, you can forsake your own blood, even, in states. You can give up your parental rights. 
But when you adopt somebody, that's, that's not, you can't revoke that. It, it's just forever. So somebody would say, well, unfortunately, we're just adopted into this. Oh, no, that, that's even more powerful than really the original. So you're not inferior because you weren't born of Abraham. No, you're just grafted into this thing, and it's a special thing. I'm telling somebody in the house today, you may have come feeling like the enemy tells you you're insignificant and nothing, but I'm telling you you're everything because the Word of God is inside of you. The power of the blood flows through you. Dr. Felix Rue and Louis Pasteur were both doctors in France over a hundred years ago. And they worked on what they knew and called a germ theory. On Dr. Rue and Louis Pasteur as they worked, you see there was a hunger to figure out what this was because Dr. Rue's granddaughter had died of a disease called black diphtheria. And he became determined to find out really what it was that killed her and as Dr. Rue and Lewis Pasteur worked hard to find the answer to that, one day finally they emerged with a passion to prove this thing called a germ theory. But you see, the Medical Association did not, uh, not believe in what they were doing and studying, and so they, they kicked them and banished them out of town. But one day, 20 beautiful horses were brought and led to the little lab outside of town. The scientists and doctors, nurses came to watch an experiment that Dr. Rue and Louis Pasteur were going to provide. Dr. Rue took a bucket full of disease and stench, full of the germ black diphtheria, and he rubbed on the eyes and the nose and the nostrils and in the mouth of all 20 of those horses. Much to no one's surprise, several days later, all the horses had developed high fevers and just a few short hours and days later, all of the horses but one had died of this disease. But one horse continued to struggle for its survival. Most grew tired of waiting for that last horse to die and they just left. But after several days of laying there fighting for its life, that horse suddenly began to show signs of recovery. And when the fever broke and the horse finally could stand and eat and drink, Dr. Rude did something that no one even can understand. He went over quickly and he dealt a death blow to the head of that horse. He killed it. I looked and what are you doing? Quickly, he began to withdraw vial after vial of this horse's blood. And he took it quickly to the hospital down the road and there found 300 babies that were all in a ward waiting to die of this disease. Before anyone could stop him, Dr. Rue Lewis Pasteur inoculated all 300 babies with this blood from this horse. They were kicked out screaming and yelling, pushed out of the way. But something miraculous happened in that ward. All but three of those babies survived. Much to the amazement of the medical association of that day, many asked the question, how in the world could this happen? What did you do to these children? As Dr. Rue began to lay it all out, what they all came to the unquestionable conclusion that truly these babies had been saved 
because they were inoculated with the blood of an overcomer. I'm telling somebody today, it's not just your blood we're talking about. We're talking about the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. We're talking about Jesus Christ dying, robing Himself in flesh, giving us an opportunity to be saved. And But when we are inoculated, all of a sudden that old man is brought, washed away. The new creature becomes life everlasting. I'm telling somebody today, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, it's your day. If you've never been filled with God's Spirit, it's your opportunity. And I tell you today, it's not about your old way. It's about the blood transfusion of changing everything, putting you into the lineage and in the true bloodline. It is a power of the bloodline. Would you stand with me today? The power of the bloodline. I challenge you today. It's not who you are. It's whose you are. It's not what you've accomplished. It's what he's accomplished. Abraham, Isaac, all of the, the great hall of faith. They in their own ability had no ability. But with, mixed with his blood. Mixed with his presence and anointing. Everything changes. And I tell you today, everything can change today. You can become a part of something so much greater than your present state. I'm opening these altars up this morning for whosoever will that would like to come. I'm asking you right now, the presence of the Lord is here. And I wonder today if there's somebody that like to say, you know what, Lord, it's not about my strength. I'm trying to overcome things and I can't overcome them. But Lord, it's by your strength and by your power and by your ability and by your love and by your mercy. I'm asking you right now to come and help us today. Trans Transform us today. Touch us today, Lord, because I want to be a part of your bloodline. I want to be a part of all the benefits of what you have passed down from generation to generation. It's not my victory. It's your victory. It's not my strength. It's your strength. But Lord, I know it just flows in the blood. Oh, the power of your blood changes everything. The power of your spirit washes and cleanses the glory of your presence is overwhelming. I thank you God for your blood. It's that precious blood that flows from Calvary. It's that precious blood that changes everything about me. It is your precious blood that helps us become what we need to become. Yes. I thank you Lord. I praise you Lord. I worship you Lord. I exalt you Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, come on. That's it. That's it. You're a part of Him. You're a part of His presence. I need you, Jesus. I just want to be in your presence today. I want to know your voice today. I want to hear your voice in my life. I want to become a part of that precious bloodline today.